Welcome to another episode of our series of podcasts on the British influence in the River Plate region. And yes, you guessed it. We're going to be talking about what countless fanatics consider to be the major British influence in the River Plate region. A British influence that arouses passions to almost religious levels in this corner of the world. Football. And today we're focusing on the history of football in Argentina. To do so, we asked Argentine historian Clau Gajo about his insights on the matter. Klaus has a PhD in modern history from Oxford University and has been a professor of history at the Universidad Torcuato y Tela in Buenos Aires since 1995. He has researched and written extensively on British-Argentine relationships from a political standpoint, right before and after the independence movement. Whereas his latest book, published this year, touches on British-Argentine relationships from a very different standpoint. It's called Las Invasiones Argentinas, Nuestros Futbolistas en Inglaterra, and analyzes the unique experiences of Argentine football players who were bought by British teams. We began by asking Klaus about the origins of football in Argentina. Well, that's strictly connected to the arrival of a, and installment of a British community in Buenos Aires and some of the other main cities. And basically it started being played a lot at schools. And on the other hand, it was played by the employees of the railway companies. And this must have been about 1870s. 1880s and, and gradually it started um, diversifying a bit in the sense that it was started to being played by, by locals, local Argentinians. Uh, but essentially it was played at a competitive level first at schools and then when, when, a, when a local Argentine football league was created in uh, the late 19th century, uh, many of these teams therefore were, were, were from these schools and, and you can identify many of the surnames Many of them are, are English. Uh, one of the main teams, one of the most successful teams called Alumni, was formed by a group of brothers called Browns. It became a very popular team, uh, but mainly it was a sport, I wouldn't say of the elites. It, it was a middle-class sport and uh, the amount of people who attended matches was not that big. It, it wasn't as popular as other sports such as uh, horse racing and boxing. And only later on in the 1920s it becomes more popular and once professional football arrives in the 1930s then one can say it, it is basically a, a middle class, a lower class sport, I mean sport of interest. And by that time I'd say that the British influence had drawn down a bit. It was still very popular at the schools but I think uh, gradually rugby started being played in, in a, you know, more serious sense. I think once professionalism is introduced in football here in Argentina and rugby took over as the main sport in many of those schools and many of the clubs, the sporting clubs um, founded by, by British members of the British community um, put more emphasis on rugby more than football. But the, the influence was definitely British uh, as in so many other countries. We later asked him when and how, as time went by, the style of football being played in Argentina became, in a sense, more Argentine and less British. Yeah, it's very interesting that subject because it's been approached by uh, academics and um, there's a lot of literature on how 
apart from football in other cultural areas, um, there is more of a takeover of, Argent of an Argentine identity or something like that. And in football, um, it's interesting because one of the features of the introduction of the sport was the, the visit of English teams to Argentina. And um, this created, of course, a lot of interest because there were teams from one of the best leagues in the world at that time uh, already. And, um, and, and the style of play of these British teams became talked about a lot in the newspapers and yeah, it was clearly identified as a British style of play. And gradually one sees that um, in the Argentinian teams become more conscious that they, that they should or that they will naturally create a local style of play, which implies an, a, an identity that makes the style of play different. You know, in general terms, one would say the English style of play was a lot of kick and rush, you know, uh, long ball. And the Argentine style of play was more technical, more um, short passes and uh, more skills involved, uh, dribbling. And uh, quite early, the, the people involved in football in Argentina start, and journalists start talking about La Nuestra, our own style. And, and this is kind of... Um, underlined to differentiate the style with respect to specifically the British style of play. So that's an interesting subject in terms of a national identity, in terms of a football style of play. Clau Gallo later dived into the subject matter of his latest book, Las Invasiones Argentinas, and referred to when and how Argentine players started going to Britain to take their talent over there. That's um, basically after the 1978 World Cup which was played in Argentina and was the first time that the Argentine national team managed to win a World Cup. Uh, and two or three of its um, players were sold to uh, teams in England, uh, first division teams in England, which was a whole, created a whole commotion in, in not only in Argentina, but especially in England, because uh, England was very isolated in those days because they didn't buy players, foreign players. They only had players from the British Isles. And um, so, I mean, the fact that they were buying not only foreign players, but world champions was quite a commotion. And, uh, and in Argentina also, because there was, there was all this history of the development of the game through the British influence that we just mentioned, but also because they had, there was all, already a history of confrontations, right? In the 1966 World Cup, uh, famous sending off of the Argentine captain in the match against England and uh, a series of quite uh, violent clashes in between different teams from England and Argentina, uh, also in the 60s. Uh, so the arrival of these Argentine players, yeah, it's, it's a bit inverting the relation uh, and the influence because these players like uh, Ovaldo Ardiles and Ricardo Villa especially, who adapt very well to English football, they, they, they are like uh, attract a lot of attention and, and also admiration because they are um, supplying a more a technical style to the English game. And uh, this is quite welcome in, in the press and amongst the football fans in England. So um, it's very interesting in that sense. And it's also on a cult more wider cultural level, it's interesting to know that they arrive exactly the same year, 1978, when, I mean, Argentina is quite present in the news, not only because what was going on politically with the dictatorship, but also 
because at that very same time in, in the London theatre, the opera Evita was <laughs> being represented. So then, of course, four years later, uh, the Malvinas War inaugurates another chapter <laughs> right in this relationship. And Klaus also traced comparisons between the football cultures in both countries, underlining the amazing similarities that exist between them. In my book, I try to refer to that as much as possible because what attracts me of um, these kind of customs and and trends in um, the public behavior in in the football stadiums, both in England and Argentina, is that I think there are many parallels and, and things in common. And that's one of the reasons I I claim that many Argentine players adapt very well to not just the football in strict sense, but also to the atmosphere and general climate one the players um, sense in a football match. Because um, there are many similarities in the sense that, well, England had its history of hooliganism and we in Argentina have a very sad experience of the Barras Bravas. But... On another level, I think, um, but related to this, I I think uh, there are very few leagues in the world that have such a crowd intensity. Now that the presence of the crowd is so intense during a football match, and this you can... uh, A thing related with the noise, the sound, and the kind of um, chants that one hears in one country and the other. Both countries uh, have this tradition of bringing songs or yeah, melodies of, of rock songs or pop songs and they adapt their own uh, lyrics that of course are related to the football. This is very true of, of England where you hear lots of songs from past times no? but very, very well-known uh, melodies, right? And in Argentina the same. And not many other countries renowned for this tradition or are original in this sense uh, many countries adapt the same rhythms or melodies that mm-hmm. are used originally in either England or Argentina. So in this sense, I think the atmosphere is very similar. No? The, the crowd culture, which is very intense, and I think it generates a, a kind of vibration that the Argentine player senses as very familiar, and that contributes to his adaptation. So, that's it for this episode on the British influence in the River Plate region. Be sure to check in for more episodes in the coming weeks, and thanks for joining us.